What's going on? Welcome into the Sharp Angle Podcast. How we doing on a Friday? It's Friday. Remember that song? It's Friday. Friday. <laughs> oh boy, that was a while ago, wasn't it? Wonder what, wonder what that chick's doing now. She like rich off that song? She make all the money she ever needs to make off uh It's Friday. Stupid song. Anyway, it's Friday. It's Friday for us, and it's uh, time for a little football Friday. What we're going to do on today's show is, for those who don't know, this is part of a podcast network. The Sharp Angle is under the Woos Media, W-O-O-Z-E, Woos Media Podcast Network. If you'd like to check out other uh, podcasts that we have, uh, several sports ones, several college football ones that come out during college football season, check out woosmedia.com. That's W-O-O-Z-E media.com. But one of the other shows we have is a college football show. It's called College Football Tailgate. Uh, It's a great show. I'm actually on it. I'm a co-host and it's been doing really well lately. I mean, it's one of our fastest growing shows. It may be Woos Media's uh, fastest growing show. And so it's fun. It's certainly informative, entertaining, and we talk a lot of sports betting on the show. So I thought today I'd replay this week's episode. And again, for those who haven't heard of it before, tune in every single week on your favorite podcast player. New episodes are out uh, Wednesday mornings or uh, Tuesday mornings, I should say. But uh, college football tailgate. So today, I'll play uh, this week's episode where we break down the Big 12 and Pac-12. And uh, it's a good episode. So we'll play that back. And uh, I know I'm playing an episode back. What are you doing? I promise you guys are going to love it. You know, it's it's good content. It's good stuff. And it's exactly what we would do today, breaking down conferences. So uh, it's probably about 45 minutes or so. You know, it's not short. It's It's pretty detailed. Big 12, Pac-12 preview that we'll replay from College Football Tailgate. But first things first, special thanks to Better Edge, great friend of the show, online, betteredge.com. They're not in the app store, so you have to type in Better Edge, that's B-E-T-T-O-R, edge.com on your uh, web browser on your phone. And then what you can do, go to the very bottom of the screen, and you'll see a square with an arrow pointing up. And what that can do is you can now put that website on your home screen like it's an app. So go to betteredge.com, click that little box with an arrow coming up, and you'll be able to then set to home screen. This will make it so easy. Then you can access Better Edge like an app whenever you want to. Better Edge, VIG free betting, and it's so much fun. You make a profile, follow people. They're introducing all new things, you know, brand new things all the time, including one of my favorites, tournaments and competitions. Now, obviously, you can make sports bets. But you have some buddies, you have some coworkers in the office who they're talking a little too much smack. Hey, get them in a tournament, get everyone picking games and see who comes out on top. Online, betteredge.com, make more money betting VIG free and have more fun doing it. All right, so let's play back college football tailgate, Big 12, Pac-12 preview. Hope you guys enjoy it. So we're going to start with the Big 12. Basically how this is going to work, Tyler and I, Smitty too, if you you brought stuff, we're going to basically pick... Uh, who we think is going to what? Who is going to win the conference? Who will be in the championship game? Uh, maybe a dark horse team, and then kind of talk about some of the more exciting players, storylines, whatever it is that you've got. And so, uh, Tyler, th- I think that these could get contentious. If I'm being, <laughs> if I'm being totally honest, if we're looking at history, is any indication? I, yes, exactly. So we'll start with the Big Twelve, and uh, I'll just I'll start with this one. O- obviously. This isn't going to be any big surprise. I I think this one is going to come down to Oklahoma and Iowa State again, right? Both teams were the dominant teams in last year's Big 12. They both, you know, these are the two teams that played in the Big 12 championship game last year. 
Uh, Iowa State took them down earlier in the season, uh, regular season, and then Oklahoma gets the uh, revenge and they win the Big 12. This year, look, Tyler and I have gone like so many rounds. We're going to continue to go rounds on Matt Campbell and Iowa State, <laughs> and uh, and we're we're just like diametrically opposed on that, which I love, and that's why it pains me even more to say that I this is Oklahoma's year. I do think they're going to win the Big 12. Um, I do think the game will come down to them as well. Uh, excuse me, to both those teams again. But Oklahoma, too much power on offense. I think they actually might have a like a legitimate championship level defense for once. The schedule's very favorable. You know, they get Nebraska, West Virginia, TCU, Iowa State all at home. Um, you know, at Oklahoma State to finish the season is really their only tough road game. And so the Sooners are my pick to win the Big 12. Yeah, Sooners are my pick also. What are they, like minus 500 in Vegas? Yeah. I mean, they're a huge favorite. Favorite. Yeah, exactly. But I, I want to put this out there for our new listeners because you'll hear us talk about Matt Campbell a lot this year. <laughs> my, I, I don't have an inherent issue with Matt Campbell. I have a problem <laughs> with how great everyone wants to claim Matt Campbell is. Everyone in the country wants to put him in the category with Jimbo Fisher, Kirby Smart, a- along the upper echelon of head coaches. As a matter of fact, every year when there's the whole NFL talk, who's the next coach who's going to take? Oh, Matt Campbell, Matt Campbell, Matt Campbell. And I'm sitting here going, wait a minute. He's won eight games a couple years with Iowa State. What, what did he max out at nine? I mean, he's taken an average program and made them above average. Yeah, I've got it right here. They've, uh, I thought he had a 10-win season. Let's see. Iowa State... Last couple of years, nine and three, seven and six, eight and five, eight and five. Okay. Okay. So nine was the max. I don't know if they've ever had a double digit win season. And so Matt Campbell finally wins a couple games with an average program and everyone wants to crown him one of the better coaches in college football. Mm-hmm. I think that that's absurd. So that's my whole thing. I just, I see the, I see the Matt Campbell love all, all across the nation and I feel like I'm the only voice of reason here. So I'm going to keep it going. Not that this guy's terrible. I think he's one of the better coaches in the Big 12. We'll, we'll talk coach rankings today. He's up there. But is he one of the better coaches in the nation? No. Is Iowa State a contender to win the Big 12? Absolutely not. I don't think they're going to be the second best team this year. As a matter of fact, the only reason why they may be in that contention is because their record is bullshit. I mean, they have such an easy record. They open up with their Northern schedule, Iowa. you mean? That's what I meant. Their schedule. Thank yeah. you. Uh, they've got Northern Iowa and UNLV outside their Iowa game. And then they've got Oklahoma State at home. They've got Texas at home. They should win this season. If they don't win nine games, Matt Campbell's incompetent. And once again, end of the year, we're going to hear his name out there again. So I just think the guy's overrated. Everyone wants to suck his dick. It's like, hold on. <laughs> Let's pump the brakes real quick and be accurate. So he's a good coach. I understand that. Is he as great as everyone thinks? Absolutely not. So uh, I've got Oklahoma winning. And who I think they'll play in the uh, championship, I think they'll play Texas. Mm. I think Steve Sarkeesian coming to Texas is going to do a lot for that program. And remember, Sarkeesian, he's had some really big-time jobs, and he's never really floundered out of those jobs. He had alcohol problems with UNC, with USC, got fired. You know, he, it's always been personal stuff with Sarkeesian. If he's gotten over that hump and he can run a program, look out. Texas could hit the ground running with him. It's not like they have a bad team. So I'll take OU and Texas. I think Iowa State will be in the conversation, but I'll take uh, OU Texas in the Big 12 championship. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, the, I mean, uh, look... We, we've gone over it a million times. The only thing I would say is that, you know, I would push back on the idea that Iowa State isn't in contention when, you know, they played in the Big 12 championship game. Yeah, maybe last that was year. hyperbole that they're completely out of it. But it's one thing, and this is my, my, whole, my whole thing with national championship contenders, too. You're either a national championship serious contender or you're not. And it's the same no thing doubt. with Ohio State. I'm reading Phil Steele's book right here. And Phil Steele, 
probably the smartest guy, in my opinion, the smartest guy who's not a pro better evaluating college football on a, on a public basis. For sure. And he says right here in his preview this year, Matt Campbell's done a remarkable job as he's made the Cyclones a legitimate national title contender in 2021. Well, mm. Will, I have my legitimate title contenders list. I can read it today. I can save it for another show. Let's but read I have it right one, now. I have one, two, three, four, yeah, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten? There's ten teams in the country who have a legitimate shot to win the title. And I'm talking make the final 12 and beat teams like Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State. If you can't beat Alabama in a championship game, I don't think you have a legitimate shot to win the title. So I've got 10 teams. Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama. This is in no particular order. Sure. Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama, Oklahoma, LSU, Georgia, Texas A&M, Notre Dame, Florida, Washington. Okay, perfect. I'm so glad that you said Notre Dame because we've seen Notre Dame get to that and not be in contention even remotely year after year after year. And so maybe how can how can you put Notre Dame on that list and not Iowa State when they're basically – I agree. If Iowa State gets to the playoff, Alabama is going to beat the shit out of it's them. It's because the coach. If Brian <laughs> Kelly and Matt Campbell have the exact same team playing Alabama, I will 10 times out of 10 take Brian Kelly's team. And you're right. Maybe they're my fringe team, and maybe it's a little overzealous putting them in there because you're right, Will. We have evidence. We can say, look at these last couple times, and they haven't been there. So maybe I was a little overzealous with Notre Dame, but I think there's a huge gap between Brian Kelly and Matt Campbell. So with the coaches there... I'll take a Brian Kelly coach team all, all, every time. Fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, look, we're, we're going to... And I'll update this every week. This is a fluid list. This isn't going to stay stagnant. Every week, fluid. I'll have this updated. Fluid so. list, fluid hips over here. <laughs> I got the fluid hips. I'm a cornerback. Um, yeah, no, look, I love it. I, I, I don't think there's a massive difference in what we're saying, to be quite honest no, dude, with you. And, and, and there's going to be some people listening who side with you. There's going to be some who side with a me. Lot, but the great me. thing about this <laughs> is if we disagree, that's why the bet board exists. That's why at the end of the day... And why... I mean, we're going to see Iowa State play Oklahoma this year. Yes. We get to see him play a lot. So. Yes, we do. Um, all right, Dark Horse team. You mentioned that you think Texas is going to be in the Big 12 championship. I, I think that they're more of a Dark Horse team for me. And the reason why is this. Look, honestly, I think TCU might have a better shot at getting to the Big 12 TCU's championship TCU's got game. some players this year, they man. They do. They got a lot of starters coming back. They got Max Duggan, the quarterback. You know, my only issue with TCU on a general thing is that, you know, I just don't really trust. They have Christian in their name. No, you're, you're not against a, that. No way, not at oh, all. Okay. Um, uh, but but uh, <laughs> no, look, I I made Ryan choke on his water. <laughs> <laughs> I think that I think that I just don't trust Gary Patterson as far as I think he can put together really good teams that can win nine or ten games, but they always kind of falter. Are you being a prisoner of the moment because TCU's had two down years, but for a long time they were competitive and rising in the Big Twelve? Yeah, because yeah, they have had a couple down years, and it's like which Gary Patterson's the real one? That's true. Look here, I you know. It's kind of funny because a lot of the stuff that people talk about Gary Patterson, you know, is is how I feel, how you feel about Matt Campbell. It's like people kind of, you know, they're always talking about like he's this legendary defensive coach, this great coach. Look, if, and if they, every time the New York Jets or Giants job got open and they're bringing up uh, uh, Gary Patterson, Gary Patterson, then yeah. it's like, OK, <laughs> hold on now. That's my whole thing. That's a good point. Look, all I'm saying is that I just don't trust TCU to, you know, basically since 20. Uh, 14, uh, the the first year of the college football playoff when they went undefeated, or I think they were one loss, and they, you know, a lot of people thought they should have been in the playoff. Uh, they really haven't been very consistent. They've struggled on, they, you know, for a guy who's made his name in coaching off of like these great three three five defenses. Their defenses haven't been all that great. They give up. I mean, I get that it's the Big Twelve. They give up a lot of points. 
I think that they falter. You know, every year they're going to lose to a team they shouldn't. And that can be said about a lot of teams. But my point is that I just don't trust TCU enough to get there because I haven't seen them get to, you know, be in contention for a Big 12 championship game in a while. And But I still, I think that they have the better, you know, they're returning so many players. They have the quarterback in Max Duggan. I do think the defense should be solid this year. And so to me, you know, I, can you bring up some odds in the Big 12 championship? Would yeah. they, are they ahead of Texas right now? That's, I wonder where they were because I would actually have them ahead of Texas. And that's the reason why Texas is my dark horse team. You know, I don't think Texas should win the Big 12 this year, not in Sark's first year, you know, but they're a true dark horse because we just don't know what Texas is yet. We don't even know who, who the quarterback will be. Is it going to be Hudson Carr? Is it going to be Casey Thompson? Right, so what, what are you looking for here? Uh, Big 12 uh, title odds is TCU ahead of Texas. Conference winner, Big 12. All right, so Oklahoma, minus 180. Iowa State, plus 290. Texas, plus 750. Uh, Oklahoma State, plus 1100. Wow. TCU, 14 to 1. TCU behind Oklahoma State is insane. And this is not like a like I'm well, not hold tearing on, down Oklahoma my team's State Oklahoma here. State. All right, well we'll get to that in a second. But I look, I so it's me in the market against Will. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Look, if I I mean, I think that's the value bet right there is TCU to win the Big 12. But, 14 to 1. Um my point about Texas is just we don't know what they are. They could be really good. They could struggle and look like the Texas that we've been used to. You know, we don't know who the quarterback is going to be. They, and they don't have a very easy schedule. Look, their first game is Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns, week one. That's not an easy game. I, you know, maybe in the past that seems like it should be. Louisiana was a very good team last year. They took down Iowa State last year uh, at Iowa State. So that that's a tough one week one. And then they go week two at Arkansas, a team that was, you know, a, not an easy out. I know they were at the bottom of the SEC last year, but they were a really tough physical team. They played good defense. They made it hard on a lot of teams. Those are re- two really tough uh, first two games for a new coach, new, new quarterback. Uh, I know they bring a lot of talent back. They have to go at TCU. They have to go at Iowa State. You know, obviously they play Oklahoma every year. Their road is tougher but I do look. What I like about Texas is I love the staff that Sark put together. You know, he pulled some guys from Bama. He gets Pete Kwiatkowski from Washington and from Boise State before that. And for that reason, I could see. I mean, Texas always has the talent. I could see them winning the Big Twelve, but I don't think it's very likely. And that's why they're my dark horse team. Yeah, I told you my dark horse team. Well, I would have also thrown TCU in there. They got a lot of players this year, but uh, we'll mention them. So I'll go to Oklahoma State. And actually, my, the reason I like Oklahoma State this year is because their defense. And it seems like there's a theme. Last year, I liked the, the Cowboys. This year, I liked the Cowboys. I just think they're underrated again. Their defense, they're bringing back nine starters. They're bringing back 14 total, nine on the defensive side. And last year, in the Big 12, again, they're bringing back a lot of these guys. They were top three in the, in the Big 12 in these categories. Points per game, uh, yards per game, uh, yards per game, turnovers, sacks by, and conference passing yards. So top three defensively in all those categories. And how often do we break down these Big 12 teams and start with the defense? It rarely happens. So my whole thing with Oklahoma State, if Mike Gundy can get that offense rolling, which I'll take the yes... This team's going to be a lot better than people think. They've got the defense cemented in. They're not They're not going to give up a lot of points this year, a lot of big plays, a lot of yards. So if the offense can score, which Mike Gundy has shown that he can, can kind of get those young guys performing, again, I think Oklahoma State could surprise a lot of people this year. So. Sure. Smitty, who you got? Does it concern you at all that the mullet's gone? Thank you. You know what? I, I, I downplayed that last week. 
That is more concerning than I gave it credit <laughs> for. You, you know, you that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a very <laughs> it's a big non- deal. It is a big deal. Look, it's, it's a, a vibe. It's like a whole thing. You yeah. know, that, that's the guy that, that motivates you. And if he's usually rocking that moment now, he just looks like your average, you know, high school football coach. Yeah. I don't like it. I don't. It's not a great thing. <laughs> that mold's so gross. <laughs> so it's gross. not an upgrade. Let's put it that <laughs> way. True. Uh, All right. So um, yeah, I, I I basically have everything that you guys did too. Um, we've got Oklahoma winning it. Um, OU and Iowa State in the game, and then Texas is my dark horse as well. Love it. There we go. Absolutely love it. Okay. Uh, most exciting players that you're you're amped up to watch in the Big Twelve. So Spencer Rattler, obviously Oklahoma, but that's the low hanging fruit so yeah. let's go a couple off the board here uh max duggan you mentioned him tcu big time great quarterback gonna have some stats who's he gonna throw to one quentin johnson mm. so that's gonna be my my quarterback to receiver combo max duggan to quentin johnson watch out for qj love him out of tcu qj qj I'm, new I'm, nickname for exactly. you shout out quentin johnson if you're listening uh, another you're rec- qj another receiver we can't talk some big 12 without getting some kansas jayhawks in there i'm sorry and i really think kwame lassiter and I was talking about the show. <laughs> I don't know what it would have ever taken to, for my parents to name me Kwame. You know, I, I would have loved that. Kwame Walji. But uh, uh, Kwame Walji. Kwame Laster. Rolls off the tongue. Kwame Laster, good uh, receiver out of Kansas. And if you're in one of these rare college football fantasy leagues, He's going to maybe be the best receiver in the Big 12. You talk about garbage time points. Kansas is going to be down in a lot of games. Kwame Laster is going to be gobbling those yards up. Kwame Walji sounds like a very serious medical condition. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, A couple running backs here. Uh, Sadarik Thompson, Texas Tech. Um, He's going to have a lot of receiving yards, too, so he can run the ball back field and catch. And then uh, Deuce Vaughn out of Kansas State. Deuce. Deuce. Love that name. Yeah, exactly. That's such a good name. That's like just a football name. Yeah, for sure. Um, my tight end to watch, uh, tight end to watch in the uh, Big 12, I'm going to go Iowa State. They've got two of them, uh, Chase Allen and Charlie Kohler. Uh, Studs. Yeah, These definitely. Guys are really good. When they run the two tight end set, watch out. So uh, Big 12, a lot of players to watch, but I like those. Cool. Yeah, you took all of mine except for Brees Hall. <laughs> um, you, you're right, though. I mean, I, I love watching Iowa State just because not a lot of teams play that kind of physical two tight end football very much. And you're right. I mean, uh, Charlie Kolar, Chase Allen, both those guys are going to be NFL studs. And, uh, and I will say, Iowa State's got a really good line this year. So we don't sure. often talk about the linemen. According to Phil Steele's preseason rankings, they've got four linemen on the uh, either first team or second team. Yep. So whew, they're going to be good up front. Yep. But not in contention. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, not in contention. No, not that good. Shout out Phil Steele. That's the College Ball Bible. If you're a College Ball fan, by the way, like this isn't a sponsored ad. Uh, Phil Steele sponsor us. But uh, <laughs> like you got it. You have to get the College Ball preview every year. I know it's like 20 bucks, but it's basically like a textbook and it has all the information you could possibly need when it comes to college football. Yeah, it's it's absolutely uh, great. Yeah. Every piece of info in there you need. So what we, you I said it was no, I just said it's well worth it. Yeah, no doubt. Ryan gives it two thumbs up. <laughs> so all right, special thanks to friend of the show, Bet US. How many of you guys out there like to bet these games? Will and I, every week, we do our bet board where we're betting against each other. And this season, we're going to use lines from BetUS. And uh, if you guys, like I said, if you already have a sports book, that's one thing. I know a lot of you out there may bet with DraftKings or FanDuel, and that's okay. But as a pro better, you need different outs. You need different different uh, places to shop. I mean, would you ever go to one grocery store? Would you ever just go to one car mechanic? If there's a sale somewhere, you want to go to the other store, find the sale. If you have other sports books, you're going to be able to find better prices. And uh, BetUS is my recommendation. Online, BetUS.com. They've got every sport you want. 
props, futures, and great prices. So make some money online, betus.com. And if you put in promo code TAILGATE, that uh, lets them know we sent you, and you get a hundred and twenty-five dollar, or a hundred twenty-five percent sign-up bonus. So you go BetUS, uh, put in promo code Tailgate, put in a hundred dollars. Before you know it, you've got two twenty-five in your account. Online BetUS.com promo code Tailgate. Yeah, no doubt. Look, if you guys uh, are fans of the show, you want to help us, support us. You know, use the promo code. Go to BetUS, deposit, bet with them. Like Tyler said, you got the hundred twenty-five percent uh, discount. Here's my advice: What you do? You take that hundred dollars that you deposit. And then you end up with 125 coming back on the bonus. You you bet 125 of it all on Tyler's bets <laughs> and 100 of it on mine. He's a professional better. I still know what I'm talking about. You're you're gonna end up uh, winning some money there. So that, that it, once again, if you guys if you like the show, tell your friends and support us. Go to BetUS. Use the promo code Tailgates. Good stuff, man. I also have our total record for the bet board. Oh, bring yeah. yeah. Let's do so. It. We went. This back. is over the last two years, right? Yeah, we're entering year three for the bet board. That's oh, on my phone. So year one, we it was 15, 14, and two. And then, so I haven't actually done the math. So year one, it was 15, 14, and two. In favor of Tyler, of course. He's he's the two-time reigning champ. And then uh, last year was 18, 15, and two. All right, so, so that's pretty close. It is. So total. It's 33, uh, 28 and two, or excuse me, uh, 33, 29 and two heading into this year. Well, you won the first game of the year in the off season. It was That's Long right. Island against Bryant. Long so you Island. have one shout out Long Island. Exactly. So you're one and oh this year. So you have 30. So it's 33, 30 and uh, four, four pushes. Yeah. So thirty so three and four. So just, year thirty, thirty three and four. That's exactly so. why I said put the hundred and twenty five on Towers bets and the hundred on mine. <laughs> and uh you'll just come out a winner both ways. That's basic math, yeah, right, Tyler? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but oh I know I know I'm throwing in a lot of things here. I have a three team teaser. Should I give it out at the end of the show? Or should I give it out now? You know what I should love I, about uh, this the most? Uh, Tower and I just had a a phone call uh sometime a few days ago. Yeah. And he was like Gosh, these college football teasers. He's like, I'm well, not, I'm not supposed to do them, but I just love them so much. And I, here he is getting one out. <laughs> I said, and it's true. When you look historically, and by the way, I uh, whew, I have so much info. I'll have to show you that after show or something like that. It's ridiculous how much information I have for college football. It's it's obscene. I mean, He's it's the new Phil Steele. so much freaking data. And so I went back and I was searching for... Uh, uh, you know, different outcomes, looking for things. And what you find is college football is such a volatile sport. Yeah, If you absolutely. have a seven-point favorite, wild things happen. They may win by 45. They may lose by 30. In the NFL, if you have a seven-point favorite, it's going to fall right around that seven a lot of the time. For sure. College football is volatile. So when you bet a teaser, and for those who don't know, a teaser is where you buy points. Uh, so you can take a team from minus 10, maybe down to minus four or so, but you have to put multiple teams in there. So it's sort of a parlay where you can buy points for both teams. So what I've found is that during the year, week by week, I don't recommend making teasers at all, but we have a unique opportunity before the season starts because A, we can look at multiple weeks and bet pretty much the entire year right now. And the other thing is, you can pick off really soft lines before they start to move. I'll tell you one thing. my Ohio, The Ohio State game against Michigan, that's in here. Yep. And we've identified Ohio State right now, 10.5 point favorites, favorites against Michigan. That line's probably going to move, right? Yeah. Come game day, <laughs> that may close 17, 18, right? So yeah. 
not only are we betting early and there's an advantage there, we're getting soft lines. So before the season, there are opportunities where you can make teasers. Do you want to hear it now or should I save it? Yeah, give us the teaser. All right, let's see. Open. I will show you. I'll, I will. Uh, is it on DraftKings? Where is it? Open. While uh, Tyler's looking for that, if you or someone you know has a gambling problem, please call one eight hundred. Hey, uh, <laughs> I dare it is. If you have a gambling problem? Sign up with BetUS. <laughs> you guys, exactly. <laughs> All right. Promo code tailgate. Hey, what I always say: I've been making a living doing this since twenty seventeen. Las Vegas has a gambling problem, and its name is Tyler Walgie. Yeah. yeah. Right, taking down the house. All right, so, Will, I'm showing you this so you can yep. confirm. This is a bet I have placed, a bet I have made, and it is on the books. Okay, so what what he's got here, a three-pick uh, teaser here, right? Yes. Yeah, and I'll go, I'll go through it. But I just wanted to, to, to show the audience. It this, is real. This was real. It's placed. It I made this. in fact real. All right, so let's go in order here, and I'm, I'll make this quick. Uh, going in order, week one. I teased, and this is a seven-point teaser. It's available as we speak on a BetUS as well as DraftKings. All right, so game number one, week one, September 6th. I've got Ole Miss teasing them from minus eight and a half to minus one and a half. They Love play it. Louisville. Love it. Louisville, good last couple of years, very overrated in my opinion coming into this season. They lose a lot. They've got a good coaching staff. Actually, some people picking them to finish second in, the, in, the, in the, their division. Hmm. I think Louisville's overrated this year. And on top of that, Ole Miss is one of my more improved teams. And I think through the season, we're really going to see Ole Miss start to get valued more in the market. If this were later on in the year, say four weeks in, I think Ole Miss could move all the way up to a 12, 13-point favorite. No Since it's week one, we got value on this, and we're teasing it down. So all they pretty much have to do is win by more than one. Ole Miss from minus 8.5 to minus 1.5 against Louisville. Game number two, we're going to go to the Holy War, Utah-BYU, September 11th. And uh, you go back and look the last 17 years, Utah's lost this game twice. And you may say, well, Tyler, they're going to Provo. It's on the road. It's going to be a hostile environment. Really? Because the last three times they've gone to Provo, the average score is Utah winning 31-13. Mm. They've got no problem going on the road. Utah's better this year. Meanwhile, BYU just lost a ton offensively. Main piece was their quarterback. He's yeah. not playing with the Jets. We got one team going up, one team going down, and I get the better coach in a great spot. And we tease them from minus six to plus one. So all they have to do is win the game. Utah against BYU September 11th. Love it. And my final game, I mentioned it, Ohio State. This isn't until November 27th, but uh, I teased them from minus uh, 10.5 to minus 3.5. And and against Michigan, yeah. Against Michigan, thank you. And the really cool thing here, it's a strategy that not a lot of people use, but it's called middling. And what you can do is I think I'm going to be in a really good spot this game if Ole Miss and Utah cover, because come game day, I, I look back the last couple of years this game, Ohio State's been at least a 20-point favorite the last several seasons. I mean, it's been 20, 21, 22. Uh, there was one year where that wasn't true. But okay, yes. but it's been around 20. It's mm -hmm. been up there. So my point is, it's currently 10.5, Ohio State minus 10.5. I think this could move to 17 or 18 by game day. I know that's a big move, but let's say it goes to 17, okay? Well, what you can then do is take Michigan plus 17. Yep. And now you have a ticket in your pocket for Ohio State minus three and a half, and then Michigan plus 17. And I think that's so conservative. I think you can get over 17. But the idea is, now if Ohio State wins anywhere between four and 17, you win both bets. And if they if one wins, one loses, you only lose a very small amount. Yeah, so, you would only lose in that case if, if uh, 
Or no, you, you, could, you, you couldn't lose because even if Michigan wins, you got them plus 17, right? Exactly, exactly. So you have Michigan on that way too. So in, in there, it's effectively risking 5% to win, you know, 100% of your winnings. Yeah. So it's always, uh, and look, not to get too complex with the whole betting thing, but this happens during the year, just not this big of a move. You know, you may see a team minus nine, and then it'll close their minus 13, you can still middle that, right? You have a one team minus nine, the other team plus 13, and if the game lands on 10, 11, or 12, you now win both bets. And someone may say, why would you make that bet if you know you're probably going to win one and lose one? Well, it's because it's worth the risk over the long run. If you're, if, you're bet, if you're a $100 better, and you're betting because it's minus 110, right? Yep. You bet 110 to win 100. If you have 110 to win 100 on one team and 110 to win 100 on another team, more times than not, you'll lose $10, right? You'll win one bet, lose the other. But those magical times where it lands in the middle, now you've won $200. Yep. So theoretically, you can do this whole middling thing, and as long as you win or middle one out of 20 bets, you're winning money. Yeah, so. for sure. And you're right, especially in the in the you know before the season starts, that's the best time to take advantage of something like that. I mean, think about last year. If you had taken, I wonder what the line was preseason for the Alabama LSU game. That's a great and point. Th- and then we saw LSU just have a horrible year. By the time that game kicked off, I think Alabama was like a 13, 14 point favorite. It, yep. Um, and so, you know, you could, there's a lot of value to be had there if you think that you know where the line is going to move, of course. Exactly. That's the big thing. You know, you got to pr- predict that. But uh, I know we got in a little bit in the weeds there. But for those who do enjoy the sports betting and sports, uh, you know, gambling that's a little uh, piece of advice there for you yeah for sure love it all right we're moving on to the pack 12 preview uh tyler why don't you go first all right pack 12 i have winning the pack 12 washington and i think this is going to be one of the breakout teams in the country this year and i'll admit it this is also one of phil steams one of phil stills uh phil Steele's breakout teams but i want to be clear that i don't get all my info from phil Steele. It's one thing, though, when we both agree heavily on something, and this is certainly that. I mean, I've had Washington as this team for a very long time. They're bringing back a lot, 18 starters, to be exact. And they have the talent. I mean, go back and look at their last couple recruiting classes. They've gotten five stars. They've gotten the right guys in there. They can win. They've got a schedule this year, which isn't necessarily favorable, but if they win some of their tougher games, like at Michigan early on, they're going to forge their way into the national spotlight. And as long as they win those bigger games in the Pac-12, I think Washington, let's put it this way. If there's a team from the Pac-12 who is a college contender for the championship, it's Washington, not USC. So I've got the Huskies winning it. And I think they will play in the Pac-12 championship, USC. I think it'll come down to those two, but I think the Huskies are the superior team this year. Interesting. Okay. Uh, I'm taking, my championship game is going to feature Southern Cal versus Oregon. Now, look, Tyler said a lot of things that are very true about Washington, and I'm not going to sit here and tell you Washington is going to be bad. I don't think that's the case at all. You know, they have a huge offensive line coming back, a really good run game, a a solid defense, but I'm afraid that this is the year that we start to see the effects of losing Chris Peterson. You know, we don't really know what Jimmy Lake is capable of as a, as a head coach for a full season. We only saw him last year for four games, and all of those games were at home. They haven't played a true road game in two years now. Going, I mean, going on two years. You know, I think that the Pac-12 North is going to come down to the head-to-head matchup between Oregon and Washington. You know, and you look at the games leading up to that. Oregon plays at UCLA and then at home versus Colorado before they travel to Seattle. The game is in Seattle for that matchup. Washington, though, they go at Arizona – then at Stanford, and Stanford's coming off a bye, 
Stanford was the only loss for Washington last year. They're a team that's capable of, of beating them. You know, I think that Washington could be beat up heading into that matchup against a Ducks team that, frankly, just has more talent. You know, look, Washington has recruited well. Oregon has recruited uh, like gangbusters since Mario Cristobal got there. You know, I like Anthony Brown, the quarterback, more than I like Dylan Morris. I think Oregon especially has has the edge at skill positions. C.J. Verdell at running back. They're loaded at wide receiver. I really like the the coaching staff at Oregon. Joe Moorhead, you know, as the offensive coordinator, what he can do with that type of talent on offense. And their new defensive coordinator, Tim DeRuiter. I think I'm saying that right. It might be DeRuiter. Um, he comes over from Cal. So uh, Andy Avalos, the previous defensive coordinator at uh, Oregon, he takes the job at Boise State. They hired this guy, Tim DeRuiter, from Cal. Now, Cal hasn't been like a top 25 program, but since Tim DeRuiter has been the defensive coordinator there, they've had one of the best defenses in the Pac-12. So, you know, I think that this is the year where, you know, typically Washington is a team that's better coached, more disciplined, and Oregon has better talent and can't kind of put it together. I think this is the year Oregon puts it together. I know they have a tougher schedule. I like them coming out of the North and beating uh, Washington. And then I'm taking Southern Cal out of the South, similar to Oregon, so much talent, and I do think that this is the year that they kind of put it together with more consistency. I think they have a better offensive line this year. It will actually allow them to run the ball, take a little pressure off the passing game, and you look at the Southern Cal schedule. I mean, it, it's, it really breaks down nicely. They don't have to play Oregon. They don't have to play Washington. They only have five road games, one of which is non-conference Notre Dame. They're, you look at their Pac-12 road games, it's Washington State, Colorado, Arizona State and Cal. Um, you know, they get Utah, UCLA, and Stanford at home. Keaton Slovis, I think, just gets more consistent. I don't think he needs the miracle comebacks that he had last year in order to win. Um, so, you know, for me, I think it will come down to Southern Cal and Oregon, just like it did last year. My dark horse is Stanford. I like Stanford Ooh. a lot this year. They're six deep at running back. They're getting back to their three receiver sets. David Shaw has been adamant, adamant about this in the offseason. And uh, when Stanford has hosted both Oregon and Washington, they've either won or split their division every single time. Okay, and, and this yeah, is since impressive. the Pac-12 has been reformed. So the schedule really favorable for Stanford. David Shaw, it's so funny what a prisoner of the moment college football fans are. And I don't blame them necessarily because that's how the sport works. It's very fast moving. But I think certain coaches and certain programs like David Shaw can sort of go behind the radar or under the radar and then suddenly to those not paying attention to the Pac-12, it seems like out of nowhere they're winning games. They've been building it up for a while. Last two years, they've thrown the most in David Shaw's career. Yep. Again, he's been adamant about getting back to the running game, power rushing attack, and once again, they have six running backs who are all going to get the ball. So I love Stanford, and you talk about surprising people. This isn't... You know, they're, they're necessarily absolutely going to win the Pac-12, but if there's one dark horse who's going to surprise everyone, it will be Stanford. Interesting, interesting. My, okay, so my dark horse, to me, I don't see a dark horse coming out of the North. I think the North will be either Oregon or Washington. My dark horse is out of the South, and it's UCLA. You know, um, uh, Chip? I, yeah, Chip Kelly. Look, you know, they were a tough team last year. They had a lot of close losses. The defense was really struggling, but they're kind of starting to get it together. The offense is starting to look more like a Chip Kelly offense. You know, I think Arizona State is going to run into some major problems with this NCAA investigation that will negatively affect their football program. I do like Colorado as well, the Buffaloes, but I just think that if there is a team that is going to, you know, maybe come out of nowhere, a lot of people suspect Utah coming out of the South as well. And so that's why they're not a dark horse team for me. But I think that if we're looking at the end of the season, we're saying, wow, I can't believe this team made it to the Pac-12 championship game. I think it's UCLA. 
Yeah, I mean, they're going to be good. They open up the season with LSU, and depending on what happens the next couple of weeks, we may forge a bet board game in there. I hope we do. Yes. Smitty, what do you got? Yeah, so um, I actually, your dark horse is my Pac-12 champion, um, UCLA. Wow, <clears throat> love it. Oh. I have UCLA versus Oregon. When did Skip Bayless start hosting the show or start uh, <laughs> producing the show? I love um, it. <laughs> so I uh, got UCLA uh, beating Oregon in the championship, and... Uh, Will, you mentioned close losses, and their four losses last year was by a combined 15 points. Wow. Um, and not only that, but they're returning 19 starters. They're returning almost their entire team. So Yeah. Um, and then I had a tough time um, with my dark horse, um, but I went with Arizona State. But, again, that's kind of TBD. <laughs> it's kind of up in the <laughs> air a little bit. What about the Buffs, though? What about your guys, the Colorado Buffaloes? Yeah, I, I – I like to temper my expectations on my team, quote unquote, my teams. Um, okay. you, we, we don't, we still don't know who's going to be starting a quarterback. Um, I think offensively they're going to be pretty good. Young receiving core though, and they lost their best receiver. Yeah, but uh, he transferred to USC. Returning a lot of uh, their uh, offensive linemen. Also, um, I believe their starting right tackle went down. But um, also really interested with. Uh, um, you know, their defense with Nate Lamon, Carson Wells, Jack Lamb, their linebacking core is probably one of the best in the country. So they were a surprise um, last year. I mean, they were, yeah. they were a really competitive team for sure. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see how, uh, the old Buffaloes do. Okay, cool. Um, uh, I'll go through some of my most exciting players to watch for the PAC 12. Number one, Jarek Broussard, the running back from, from Colorado. I mean, he had a huge year in, in just four games, right? Last year. Uh, I think he was averaging almost like 200 yards per game. It was, yeah, it was crazy. insane. I mean, putting up Heisman and level he's had two numbers ACL if he had a full season. Yeah, that's ins- I mean, yeah. that doesn't bode super well maybe for my production <laughs> prediction. <laughs> but I love Jarek Broussard. Uh, Keaton Slovis, quarterback at, at uh, Southern Cal. Kayvon uh, Thibodeau. Now, he's an edge rusher out of Oregon. A lot of people are projecting maybe being a top pick in the NFL draft. Guy's an absolute freak. And then Dorian Thompson-Robinson, I mentioned UCLA. He's the, the dual-threat quarterback there. Really exciting guy to watch. A ton of talent. And I think that UCLA offense is just going to be putting up a ton of points. At quarterback, uh, how about uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, UCLA? If your prediction is going to come true with them having a nice season. I yeah, literally just said that. Oh, did you? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Dude, I'm going through all mine. Who else did you say? Dorian Thompson-Robinson, Jarek Broussard, Keaton Slovis, Kayvon Thibodeau. Okay, so Jaden Daniels, Arizona State. Absolutely. I think he's going to have a good season. Um, God, I can't believe you went Dorian Thompson-Robinson. Yeah, DTR, I thought, bro. I thought he's on my list. No, he's my guy. <laughs> That's my dark horse. Uh, let's see here. Um, uh, Kate Otten, Washington. Again, he's going to be oh, part yeah, of that tight offense. Ends. Yeah, tight Stunt. end, Kate Otten. Um, Drake London, little bit Drake London, USC Who's, receiver. Oh, receiver, yeah, yeah. For sure. Keaton Slovis got to have somebody to throw to Drake London out there on uh, the outside. Going to be and look, USC. Like I said, they're they're going to be deep this year, and I will put uh, Ryan Helmy, the transfer uh, out of CU, who went there this year, uh, their best receiver last year, KD Nixon. KD Nixon. So not a lot of people know about him because he went to Colorado, but uh, that's the kind of guy who is going to fill in really nice for them slot receivers. So watch Katie Nixon as well. Yeah. Uh, that offense de- bodes well for receivers too. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned uh, Oregon defensively. Yep. I mean, they've got some really good defensive back, Verone McKinley and Mikhail Wright, uh, two safeties for Oregon who are going to be lethal this year. So for I sure. had to mention them because, look, I think a lot's going to come down to Washington and Oregon playing each other. And yep. if, if Oregon's defense shows up, you know, it's going to be a good game. So sorry, Will, about that. Taking, yeah, that's uh, okay. DTR. Hey, that's honestly both, happened a couple times. Fans. That's happened a couple times before where I just zone out and I'm just in my own world over here. <laughs> and then Will's like, so Tyler, and 
Who's your guy? No, whatever. I mean, look, he he's a super exciting guy to watch, and so it's no surprise he's on both our lists. But you so. know, he, he is a super exciting guy to watch, and no surprise he's on both of our lists. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. Tyler, we're well, going to have a little discussion here on oh your... no. These are Tyler's top 25 coaches in college football. Now, we did this last year. You made a list. You tweeted it out. You know, we had some arguments about it, but mm-hmm. there's something different about how you put it together this year. Yeah, last year it was... Uh, that that was more Skip Bayless. That, <laughs> <laughs> Full hot take. Well, I mean, I get emotional. You guys know this about me. <laughs> no. And uh, I made that list last year based on my emotions. I was hot going into the list. I was hot coming out of it. Yeah. So you this feel year, stuff. Exactly. So this year, I tightened it up. I actually made a little uh, a little formula to determine my coach rankings. Okay. And my criteria, actually in this order, is against the spread results because. You can't just look at wins and losses, okay? Ryan Day is, what, 24-2 and two or something like that, maybe a little bit better with Ohio State, but he's expected to win a lot of those games. The, the spread or the line is the great equalizer. So how you're doing, or, or the expectation, if Alabama is minus 20 against Colorado and they win on a last-second field goal, it's do not, you give them good, credit yeah. for winning the game or do you take away credit because they're a 20-point favorite? In my opinion, you take credit away. You don't reward wins. You get in, in real trouble if, uh, if you do that. So the first thing is against the spread results. How are you doing compared to expectation? The second is, how is your recruiting? I think recruiting is an integral part of being a head coach. So I used a combination of 247 sports and rivals. I used a blend and said, how good have you been in your career doing this? I also used a tier system to where the more recent in their career Mm. is weighted more heavily. So for a Mac Brown who had national championship years at Texas, those are considered, but not as heavily as his years with UNC. Um, I looked at how do coaches do with a full roster, 100% healthy, and how do they do with a banged up roster and not playing with all their starters? That's a difference. I looked at the home versus road consistency and then last i did incorporate wins and losses because you can't ignore those of course so based on that criteria we're not going to go every coach if you guys want to look at the full list uh give us a follow on twitter at cfb underscore pod and we'll post it up there let me actually go ahead did i email i I, I, uh text you guys the list all right so let's just go uh, my top 10 and then how about you guys bring up anyone outside the top 10 who you think is interesting okay number 10 i've got mike gundy and also on these lists you'll see there's a score by this right so it's not just oh he's 10 he should be 12 well you'll see a lot of coaches are close together and if you make a slight adjustment there's a huge jump in the rankings. so it's appropriate to put their actual rankings on here and my number one coach every year is going to be 100 and he sets the scale so nick saban's 100 so uh, number 10, Mike Gundy. Number 9, Kyle Whittingham. Number 8, Dan Mullen. Number 7, Kirby Smart. Number 6, Jimbo Fisher. Number 5, Brian Kelly. Number 4, Ryan Day. Number 3, Lincoln Riley. Number 2, Dabo Sweeney. Number 1, Nick Saban. Hmm. Yeah, any problems with the top 10? Any issues? You want to fight me over anything, Will? Yeah, I mean, look, it... it- it's not like I I don't think that Mike Gundy is a top ten coach in college football. Um, I would be interested to know who are some of the guys right behind him on your list. So uh, Herm Edwards eleven, Mac Brown twelve, Pat Fitzgerald thirteen. And and what's interesting about me doing this unobjectively is I get surprised sometimes. I put in the formula, I put in all the parameters, and it spits out, and I go, huh. Pat Fitzgerald's a lot higher than I'd have him, but I think it's because of the expectation. I mean, for sure. In the way I like to look at it or think about it is if 
uh, Pat Fitzgerald were at a school a little bit above Northwestern, but played the same style, like a Wisconsin, would he be having success? I think the answer is overwhelmingly yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you, what do you think? If Pat Fitzgerald was at Wisconsin... Oh, yeah. No, that, that's a, that's, that, I'm glad that you put a guy like Kyle Whittingham in your top 10, too, because like those are just extremely difficult places to win, which makes it that much right. harder. Uh, uh, Paul... Uh Paul I want to Christ. call him Paul Christ, but Paul yeah, Christ. Paul Christ. By the way, I was thinking of something funny. The Holy War is Utah BYU. If one of those schools was Christian and the other was Mormon, it could be the Joseph versus Jesus. I mean, uh, that basically is. <laughs> that's why they call it the Holy War. I thought because BYU is the Mormon school, and I'm sure Utah is. Uh, uh, see, is, I didn't know that. It's primarily Mormon, just because it's in Salt Lake City. But uh, it's see, not. I it was it's Mormon not like too. a. No, so, I, I, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I'm, I'm sure Utah is overwhelmingly Mormon. That's what I thought. I thought they were both kind of Mormon too. schools. But um, I know BYU's are. But if it is a Christian school or like something like that, mm-hmm. wouldn't that be fun? Joseph versus Jesus. Yeah, we call it the, like the jihad. <laughs> <laughs> the great jihad game. Exactly. Um, let, let's get to the great Matt Campbell. The amazing Matt Campbell who can do no wrong. Uh, Matt Campbell is ranked 17th in my rankings. Okay. Just ahead I can of, accept that. Just ahead of Kirk Ferentz, just behind Jim Harbaugh. But also, he's ranked to 90.3 and i mean look if he goes up two one hundredths of a point then he's suddenly you know number 14 on this list just behind uh, pat fitzgerald so mm. you know matt campbell right there 17th i thought i think that's extremely fair yeah right? look for sure I, I i would never you know i don't think that he's a top 10 coach i think that the main thing with why you know it annoys you that he's always being thrown out in every coaching hire thing is because most of the guys that are on that list above him are not gettable coaches like, you know, obviously when a, a Jets coaching job or a coaching job at Tennessee opens up, Nick Saban, Dabo Swinney, Ryan Day, those guys are not uh, even remotely gettable for those schools. Right. So the reason why Matt Campbell is because he's in that category of guys where you think, You're well, right. maybe he doesn't want to stay he at Iowa State. He fits into the description of coaches who have recently been hired into the NFL. I mean, look at the Arizona Cardinals yes. head coach, uh, Cliff Kingsbury. Right? I think he's. I think he did better than Cliff Kingsbury did in the Big Twelve. Oh, for sure. But that's sort of the, yes. the the model now. Smaller, this young, offensive minded sort of coach who can you know. So look, I think he does fit that mold. But yeah, seventeenth. And uh, what I want to know is your boy Jim Harbaugh, sixteenth on the list. This is a big year for Jimmy. Yeah, a very big year. Look, yeah. I, you know, I think that's uh, everyone either hates Jim Harbaugh or you're a Michigan fan. That's basically the way it goes. Or there's even a. Uh, you know, a Venn diagram section where those are overlapping for sure. But, um, you know, everyone hates him because he's, you know, the stuff he says and he can be childish and all that stuff. And I would never disagree with that. But I think it's probably a fair assessment for where he ranks. You know, there's, it's a fine line between saying he's the, what do you have him, 17th? Yeah. Between 17th Matt Campbell? and, or no, Jim Harbaugh. 16th. 16th. You know, the difference between the 16th best head coach and the 20th where someone else might, you know, object is not a huge difference. Exactly. I think he's in that pack for sure. Uh, and then this is also uh, kind of newsworthy. And this is the last one I'll point out. Number 30th on my list. You know, he, he's 30th on here. We only went up to 30. Obviously, there's 130 coaches. Mike Leach. Uh, it's Brian Harson. Mm. And Brian Harson is a, mm. is really interesting. Going from Boise to Auburn. Remember, a lot of Auburn fans didn't love that hire. They're going, the hell are we doing? Picking this guy up from Boise? They don't know football up there. Like, what 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 is this? Potatoes. That's what they Potato- know. Potatoes. <laughs> exactly. Um, but watch out. You know, Brian Harson's a good coach. If they buy into what he's doing, I mean, you talk about talent. We talked about Sarkeesian with that Texas talent. He could suddenly win a lot of games and we're... And we're surprised hmm. on how good Auburn is this year. I think so. I'm on the other side of that argument when it comes to him. Why? Uh, because he inherited a really successful Boise State program where even though, yeah, they're not getting Auburn level, level talent, they're getting 
they're getting that level of talent for what they're you know for the Mountain West. They're they're probably going to get the best talent in the Mountain West every year. And to me, if you're the the uh, the coach that should get a job in the super difficult SEC West, you should be dominating the Mountain West. And I know that he was then you know they were losing two and three games every year. Whereas I feel like you look at guys like Chris Peterson and other guys that were more successful there is they were barely losing games every year. And not to say that he's a bad coach, but I don't think it ends well for him in Auburn. I don't think he's going to have a lot of success there. Really? Yeah, that's okay. my personal opinion. Okay. How can no, we bet on nothing this? Nothing against the guy. <laughs> is there a win total? Do you need to be I think he's that gone. Phone number again? Yeah, exactly. I think he's... We could... If, no, if, but Ryan, this is how we back up our opinions, right? Yeah. Oh, if, you, sure. if you have a strong With opinion... Money. Yeah, exactly. If, <laughs> if you have a strong opinion, you're not willing to I back mean, it look, up with a bet. There's a bet that we made at, in the preseason last year. I don't know if you remember this, Tyler, but I bet in the preseason last year that Ryan Day would win a national championship at Ohio State. Oh, in three years. In three years. Yes. And he went to one right then. He didn't win it yet. But like these are bets that I'm totally willing to track. And I would also bet that Brian Harson is not the head coach at Alabama three years from today. Whoa, whoa. I think, I oh, think, the phone, Basil. I think after three years, he is gone. That's, that's my bet. I don't think he'll do very well there. You, so you got a bet board. I'll remember it. Yeah, let's yeah. do it. Let's well, do it. Bet well, board. We'll, we'll, we'll put it somewhere. Where we, we need can, to start uh, bookmarking these things so we don't lose them. Because three years from now, who even knows what's where our brains are going to be? What would you like to bet on it? It's on the board. Okay. Yeah, and we'll, we'll put it's it up gone in three. We'll years. just have to spray paint it on the wall it, so it doesn't go by, anywhere. By the way, that means is after he he has three years. He's but got, no more. He's not. He's he will got. Not, he will not coach. Twenty twenty one. 2022 and 2023. Yeah, he will not coach a fourth season in Auburn, and it maybe it's even sooner than that. Um, all right, it's hot. All right, that was the uh, Big 12, Pac 12 preview on uh, college football tailgate. Hope you guys tune into that show every single week on your favorite podcast player. All right, uh, stay tuned because right after this, we're going to come up with a couple quick picks for the Premier League tomorrow morning. So we'll talk to you then on the Sharp Angle.